Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. We've just beaten Spurs at Anfield in a wild game in which we started and finished brilliantly and were pretty woeful for an hour in between. It looked like we'd blown it. Richarlison was strutting around like a pigeon one minute and then holding his head into spare the next. As Spurs went to full Spurs and Jota the Slaughter took advantage. I'm Dave Usher, editor of liverpoolway.co.uk and joining me to try and dissect this absolutely bonkers game are Stu Montague and Paul Natton. Okay, Paul, we'll start with you then. Uh, good luck summing that up. Go on, away you go. Oh, it was mad, wasn't it? Really bizarre. I mean, obviously those those rapid those rapid first two goals within what four or five minutes. Yeah. Um, and then we added the third. I think in the fifteenth minute, fourteen minutes on the clock. I think when I looked up after the celebration of that one. Yeah. It it, it was it was mad. It was like it was like a shock. We were dominating the ball. Really, really weird how much time and space we seemed to have on the ball all the time. Like Spurs were just, even before the third, when they were clearly shell-shocked and bewildered after that point, they were just like, I don't know. I, I don't even want to say passive. It was like they were just a bit like, like you know, stopped in their tracks by it. It was just bizarre, really weird to just see like absolutely no pressure on the ball at all when we were just pinging it round. So much time, so much space. And I just thought, oh, this is going to, we're going to go past, we're going to get into um, Bournemouth territory here. Yeah. You thought you were finally be... getting your 10, didn't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I did, I, 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 the 10 didn't enter my head, but I did think we're going to get a big game, a, a big score here. I did think it's going to be huge. And then like, it just, well, I suppose, the tempo dropped, and in a way, you know, I can't really get too exercised about that because there's almost nothing left to play for, um, and we were 3-0 up, and so it's human, you can understand it, um, but what you can't do is give players of the quality of Kane and Son opportunities, and, and they took them and they came back into it. And then basically from that sort of 15th minute, we went from sort of absolutely on top to sort of a bit slow, a bit inept, to then just sort of clinging on at the end. You know, I think I think 80, around about 80 minutes came up. The lad, it was 3-2. The lad next to me said, this isn't going to finish. We're, we're not getting out of here with three points, are we? And I yeah. abs- And normally, I always look, always look on the bright side. I always expect expect us to do well. And I just couldn't see how we were going to get three points. The whole mood of the game had changed. Um, we were poor. Some players had terrible performances as well. I think we need to get onto some of these later. But Robbo, particularly, I think I definitely mm. had his worst game of the season. Wasn't alone and having a wobbly game. Um, but then we have that ending, which is just unbelievable, um, bizarre. You know, to get that to get that winner right in injury time. And I saw actually, I saw a stat after the game when I got back. Um, as, as these things do, these stats are always about the Premier League rather than you know all football. But forty, that's the, our forty-first injury time winner in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and the nearest club to us is on thirty. So there is something, there's definitely, definitely something to it about, you know, about us and about Anfield. Um, And yeah, real excitement and a real buzz. But then, you know, driving away afterwards and thinking, what do we learn there? What what do we learn about that team? You know, are there any real positives to take from it? 
and, I, and I'm not really sure that there are. And I've got probably got more questions in my head mm. than um, than answers. I, well, actually, no. I've got one. I've got one thing to take away from it. When I was um, talking, I don't know if I said it on the pod or just said it on the forum, but in my head, I had Jota as being one of the ones who I would see as not not necessarily wanted him to definitely wanted him to go, but would see him as surplus to requirements. Uh, no, I've to- totally uh, thrown thrown the handbrake on and gone into reverse there because he's. It was quite clearly rustiness after a bad injury. Yeah, he looks absolutely clinical. I mean, what a fantastic touch and finish there! That was proper cold-eyed assassin stuff. Yeah, we really it was. was. Brilliant. You know, and the number the number of goals that he scored of late. I mean, no, he's he's he definitely needs to be here. That would be stupid to sell him. So that's, I suppose if we can take one conclusion away, I've put to bed that what now looks a daft idea that we that he's surplus to requirements. He absolutely isn't. Um, assuming he stays fit, of course. We'll, we'll go back to that, that later, though, because I've actually just, that throws up another question. So we'll come back to that one later on. Uh, okay, sounds yeah. well. I, so, so yeah. I mean, really, I, I don't really know what to say other than it was bizarre. And yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll tell you some of the questions, some of the things I do want to discuss. We, we can we can expand upon these after you and Stu have given your takes on the game. I have got questions about the Trent and midfield thing. Um, and I think we are overcomplicating things to a degree which is confusing everybody. And I do, in terms of where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there. Now, I do know that they've got, they, they need to train it more, they need to play it more, they need to get used to it more. Um, and they need to come to an understanding with each other in terms of how they move. But I just, I'm starting to think, really, we're asking Trent to play two positions, we're effectively asking Canate to play two positions, and why don't we just have, you know, players playing in the positions? Yeah, so, I mean, I think I think Stu can elaborate more on the, you know, for his perception as a coach on the maybe the sort of the tactical nuances of why you might want to change things up in the middle of a game to, to affect the flow or to respond to an opponent. But I just think in some senses we're really, really overthinking things. I would just throw the caveat in that as ever with Klopp, players need time and they need coaching and they need drilling. And I think that could apply to some of the new players. I mean, Darwin, for example, that's screaming that Darwin just needs to understand what Klopp wants and have time to, to get, get his head around it because he clearly hasn't. Um, so, yeah, I've come away really with more questions than answers in my head. And some of the things that I've felt quite positive about, I'm now not necessarily negative about, but I've just got questions about really. Uh, yeah, so a strange one, a strange one. But then again, the final thing to say is, is that if we're drawing big conclusions from a game which is largely meaningless, because I don't think Newcastle or United are going to fall out of those third and fourth slots. Um Maybe we shouldn't place too much emphasis on it, but just just an odd game, really, an odd performance. Pleased with the result, though, of course. Mm. Stu? Yeah, it, again, it's, it's a strange one because you, you're watching it after we've gone up and it's we're totally controlling the football match. Um, but partly it was you were looking at it and going, well, these are just so bad. I was almost trying to say, well, are we playing well here or are these just... It's that dreadful that I can't really get a I can't get a, a judgment on whether we're playing well or not because they were they they literally weren't they weren't touch tight they weren't putting a tackle in we were just knocking it round so you're thinking at three 0 you're like oh well this is fine this is this is this is quite passive though it was quite passive control and I was I, I just felt like they were on the ropes they and we we should have been more ruthless and we should have been 
dropping the intensity of the, of the football match helped them sort of clear their heads and help them get back into the game. Yeah. And I just... And we it, we were playing in a way that was like, well, you're never going to get the ball off us because we're just going to knock it round. But they had no intention of coming and getting the ball off us either because they just wanted a breather. They just wanted to get to half time. You know, it, it felt like it was helping. It was helping them more than it was helping us. That that sort of passive, sterile control of the football match. Um, and then, yeah, then standards dropped a bit and concentration dropped a bit. Robbo's, Robbo's probably, there's two big ones there where he's guilty of it, where he lets mm. them in. And then they suddenly get their tail up a little bit. And, um, yeah, I, I think the 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 new formation, the idea that Trent comes in there, I, I've said it before and I've said it in the group to you guys, I don't really, I don't really understand it from our point of view, from the players that we've got. I, I totally, I've always been on board with the idea that you don't move Trent into midfield because of what he gives you at right back. So I've always said, he's doing the Kevin De Bruyne numbers. So what you do is you get someone to improve on the Kyle Walker numbers that City have got. Because, you know, we've got Henderson doing the same sort of thing that Kyle Walker's doing. He's meant to be providing safety, whereas Kevin De Bruyne is operating that half space. I felt like against West Ham, it was the same thing where... We we're keeping the ball a lot, but it's not really hurting teams. It's it's and you're also you you're dragging Trent into a deeper area, so he's not operating in that right hand half space anymore. The Kevin De Bruyne slot that people call he's not operating there. He's operating deeper, so now you've got Henderson operating in that slot. Well, that's how is that helping us? How is that better having Jordan Henderson in that position or Harvey today? You, yeah, and then you've got, and also like it works well for City because of because they've built a squad around that. They've got Grealish chalk on his boots, Mares yeah. chalk on his boots. Yeah. Mo Salah wants to come inside. Mo Salah wants to come inside and condense things, and that wasn't necessarily the issue today. But I do feel like today again it gave us that sterile keeping the ball. Like everyone's going mad because Trent's had 140 touches. Brilliant. Mm. Centre halves aren't moving. Like against West Ham, it was always oh, had five thousand touches. But great, all four defenders are all stood in a nice little tiny block, and you're not you're not hurting them. So yeah. I do understand that it it's good for control. And I felt like at three 0 up, you're like, right, this will come into its own now, because they can't get the ball off us. But it just it felt like it took the energy out of everything we did, because we just because we weren't hurting them, we weren't ruthless. And then obviously the the game goes on and on, and. And it gives you more transitions as well. It gives you more tricky transitions, a bit leading into what Paul's saying about that moment when that moment when Ibu's got to come inside and Trent's got to get to right back and then who's yeah. picking up what and who's doing what. And in yeah. the, the their first goal, it's a mess. It's a, it's a fucking mess. Mm. And you've got Robbo in the end with two of them. He's got two on the far post and he's got to come across and try and cover a shot. He's got yeah. three choices to try and make there. There's no, there's almost nothing you can do there, and that's because the mid. Uh, that's partly because Fabinho hasn't got back in. That's because the defenders haven't got back in, and it's you know. And Virgil fell over. And it doesn't help you when Virgil's feet go from under him. You know when he loses his balance and whatever. That doesn't help you. Obviously, you're in trouble there. But I just feel like it's going to give you more of. The, it's not going to give you less of them. It's going to give you more of those moments where, yeah. And even even in the second half, I don't. I think it's one. Of, which goal was it? Robbo, Robbo like blasts out of the shape to go and put pressure on someone, but then it just leaves acres down his wing. 
it leaves acres out down his wing because it's also that idea of if Trent's in midfield, he's not part of a back four that can shift across. Yeah. So he's higher. He's much higher. So there, the, there you, you do have a two then. You've got, when that ball goes down the line, you, you've got a two. You haven't got a three. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's nice that we, we, pulled, we, we dug it out, which is good. We dug it out. But it is embarrassing that we've gone from a position where the Spurs fans are literally singing, we're fucking shit. Like, how shit are you? It's only three. You're not fit to wear the shirt. Like, they were, they were, they were onto the same vibe as we were. That it's going to be seven. It's going to be eight. Mm-hmm. And we've let them get back into it and make it a football match. And that's, that's a bit of a lack of ruthlessness, really, for me. It was, it, you're happy to have the three points. You're happy that they dug it out in the end. But, it's yeah, it was not great game management by any stretch, was it? Well, just on that point there about we dug it out, and I said this to John afterwards. I was like, I made up we won, but I don't want to hear stuff about how like, oh, you know, we got they got back to three three, but we went again and we won it. Well, that's not what happened. It was nothing yeah. that we did. A fucking Tottenham player played the ball into Jota, and Jota produced a brilliant finish to win it. It wasn't like we forced that, you know, it was a great play by us and we put pressure on, we went again and we forced a goal. That didn't happen. Spurs just went the full Spurs and we ended up winning. So I don't take that as, oh, you know, we've, we've dug out the win. We were just really lucky. You know, we blew that game, completely blew it, and we were lucky. I mean, we could have lost that. Spurs were the better side. They had more chances in that second half. And it, that's the worrying thing. Is that, I mean, they hit the post, like, twice. There was another one when they hit the post and think he might have been offside. But it's not like, the, you know, like with Forrest, where it was like they just got, like, a couple of scabby goals from set pieces. It wasn't that. It was like, we were just... I, I just felt like it was too easy for us. We got complacent. We stopped doing the things that were working. And I agree with you that they were abysmal. And it's hard to judge. Is that us being great? Is that them being shit? You know, it's both. Because there was, for probably like the first 25, maybe even 30 minutes of that game, there was we were doing like, four of our players would swarm around at the man with mm. the ball and he'd get rid of it. And then two of our players would be on the next player and we'd win it back. And we were doing that over and over and over. It was brilliant to watch. And then that stopped. I think there was an injury. Somebody went down injured and there was a stoppage in the first half. It was like um, a minute or two. It might have been the Diaz one, actually, from like the, the bad tackle. But there was there was definitely a stoppage. And I felt like we never really got going after that. We, we were just very, as you say, you know, it was just tippy-tappy passes. You know something that pisses me off, and we've been doing it the last few games? You know, and it always used to do my head in watching Barcelona when, like, you'd have, like, Messi and Iniesta and Xavi, and they'd be stood, like, <laughs> five yards apart, just, like pinging passes to each other doing nothing and it's just building up like the the, the stats it's building up like the, you know the possession and the number of passes and stuff and it's like just what are you doing just stop it well we've started doing that a bit where like and it, it Trent's involved in that all the time and it's not specifically Trent doing it like Trent gives it to someone and they immediately just tap it back to him and then he'll just roll it to Curtis and then Curtis gives it back and then Fabinho and the three of them are just like tip tap you passing and the other team's just standing off going alright yeah sound you can do that all day don't care and there was elements of that like today because I just felt like it was too easy they're not even moving players around when they do it are they no, that's what frustrates me about it if you're pulling them around the a little bit and trying to open up some gaps and yeah. spaces then fair enough but it's not that is it no, it's just it's, like it's a little, it's, it seems like we're not really sure what we're doing so we'll just keep it moving it's like look at us we've got the ball we're just we're, we're passing it around keeping it and yeah. you can't get it off us it's, and I, I do understand that there's you know there's something to be gained by what we've done there that extra control that we've had 
um, just controlling possession. Fabinho's no longer on his own in the middle, and it's helping us to have the ball because while we've got the ball, you can't score. And all season we've been getting counter attacked on, and today it felt like we, all right, we've changed the system, but we're still getting counter attacked on. And it, you know, Klopp said that afterwards. He said Spurs don't change what they do, even though they're three 0 down, they're still playing on the counter attack, which they were until like late on when they put extra forwards on and they were they were going for the equaliser. But like, I do think that they helped us early on. But I also think some of the football we played was brilliant, uh, especially the second goal. I think that second goal, that was us playing really well, moving it quick, great running off the ball, and it, it all happens like really fast, and that's us at our best. I don't think like that's because, oh, look, Spurs are shit, but there were so many other things that were going on early on. I mean, Gakpo's playing in the middle against the back three. You know, so Spurs have got like three centre-backs and two wing-backs, and Gakpo's playing in the middle. Gakpo should not be getting any room whatsoever. It should be so mm. condensed in there that he's, he's like really struggling to find space unless he comes deep. Gakpo was in like six yards of space every time he got the ball. I'm like, weird, wasn't it? Really weird. Like, nobody marked him. It, it, it was like, yeah. you know, he just had an invisibility cloak on and he didn't know where he was. It was mad. Um, yeah, it was. So, it was so they were a shambles early on, but I also think we played really well. And it did look like this is going to be Newcastle again, like last week when the five down after 20 minutes. It had that like feeling about it, and it must have been in Spurs' heads as well, because you know they're going to be like like the battle scars from last week are still fresh. The wounds haven't healed, have they? And then we just let them back into it, you know. And it's not even the second half is terrible, and and Spurs fully deserve to to get back on level terms. But as like as Stu mentioned earlier, even in the first half there was like there was just warning signs there, you know, just so sloppy. Robbo like two three times. Robbo's either taking a bad touch. Or he's just not, you know, he's not realised he's being closed down. Uh, he got away with it. But there was one when they ran through. I don't know what happened. Like, they, they went through. Robbo just gave the ball away. and Kulisevsky. Yeah. Did, did Alisson yeah. make a save? or? And yeah, then, saved it with his feet. Yeah, so Alisson makes that save. And obviously, the, the cop are, f- like, fucking fuming and everyone's, like, shouting. But it's basically a case of, like, they're all shouting, fucking wake up, what are you doing? And Robbo was just glaring at the cop for about 10 seconds. And I'm watching them, I'm thinking, are you seriously pissed off that people are fucking shouting? Because whatever the cop was shouting, I guarantee Klopp was shouting the exact same thing. Because it wasn't a case of, like, you know, targeting Robbo. It was like, just fucking wake up, what are you doing? And especially because it wasn't the first time he'd done it in that half. But yeah, you could, Robbo had, like, the proper hump over it. Like, fucking hell, you know, that's... <laughs> just, you do need to wake up, you know, it's, everyone's right to be shouting at you, saying, like, you get your act together. Um, but that was just symptomatic of just how the game went after that. We we just stopped doing the things that were working, and you know at half time it's three one. I was so pissed off. <laughs> we're winning three one, and I was <laughs> so pissed off at half time. Uh, so we go down underneath and I'm talking to Ralph and Steve, and Ralph straight away goes, "They're getting beat three one, but I guarantee they've just gone into that dressing room on a, on more of a high than we have." They've gone in thinking, okay, yeah, we've got away with that day. You know, we're back in the game here. And and I went back up for the start of the second half. I go up the steps and what do I see? Tottenham all out on the pitch, jumping up and down, getting ready for the second half before we'd even came out. And so straight away, I'm looking at that going, yep, Spurs are like, their heads are right back in this game now. They're thinking, okay, that game was gone, but now it's not. You know, there's something there for us. And... 
that's the way the second half goes. It's just, it's just as Paul said there about like the, the questions that we're left with. I just feel like today was a big step backward. We've won the game, but like I've took nothing from it. I don't feel good about it at all. And well, I'm you know, more deflated than anything else. Like that, we left. That do you know, happen. Dave? Just, just, just coming on to some of the questions. Really, I mean, in the chat, oh, it might might have been last week. Stu and I, well, one of the games, which, which, which it was obviously an away game. What was the last away game, boys? West Ham, I think. West Ham. West Ham might have been during West Ham because obviously we were all in the chat, so it was definitely away. And we were, I think, Stu and I were talking a, a bits and pieces around that right hand side, and and it was it was the game where it was just ridiculous how the lack of width that we had on the right was that West Ham. So yeah, it, was, it was, yeah, yeah. So and it, and it was, it was absolutely glaring. It was absolutely glaring. And in my mind, because I always I'm looking for a rationale, because you see something so deficient. So obviously deficient. You think, well, there's got to be a reason for it at this level. You know, we are talking about Jurgen Klopp. You know, he's not a fool. He's not an idiot. What? Why is he? Why is that happening? Why is he allowing that to happen to that extent? So then I'm thinking, well, he's talked about how he wants. He's trying to already press and reset for next season. He's already in terms of how he's got them playing, in terms of the expectations he's got of the players, you know, the ticket into the team is the counter-press, so he's he's kind of resetting his expectation of how they play. He's also getting the whole Trent coming into midfield thing going. And it's quite obviously flawed in a number of ways, but I'm thinking, obviously, there's the width thing that we talked about. There's the fact that Trent is covering two positions, Canati's covering two positions. If you don't have Canati, can anyone else do it? And in actual fact, Matip did really well when he did that the other day. But if Matip's not fit, Canati's not fit, what do you do? So there's all these questions there. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, he's planning for next season. He's clearly got types of players earmarked that he thinks can do that job better. Particularly, we're talking, I think, around that Hendo position on the right, of, you know, the, the, that, that, that number eight on the right-hand side. Somebody who's going to be got the legs, can go wide, can, can tuck in, can fill in the gaps and the spaces and what have you. That must be the rationale. Otherwise, why would you do it? But I'm actually thinking, what is it achieving by playing this way now without the players to do it when some of the players clearly don't understand what they're being asked to do? I mean, Darwin, for a start, just looks like a little boy lost when he comes on right now. He's he's regressed this season, really, really has regressed. I'm thinking, is this actually counterproductive? Do we just need to get to the summer and Klopp obviously thinks not. Klopp obviously is trying to lay the, the groundwork. And certainly it's working in some cases. Curtis Jones quite mm. obviously is progressing game on game. His confidence is coming. He's got a goal today, a really, really well-taken goal. Man He's of the pressing match today, exactly, I thought. Yeah, pressing exactly the way Klopp wants him to press. He's clearly following instructions. And Curtis Jones is a success of this whole reset period. But I just... And again, you know, it's difficult to... You don't want to place too much emphasis on a strange, almost meaningless game like today. But I can't help it. I can't help coming away with more questions than, than answers in my mind. Um, I mean, uh, the only the only conclusion I can really draw is one that we all knew anyway, is that we badly need new players. We badly, badly need some new players. Some of those players are not up to um, the standard in terms of for what we need. Um, you know, I, I, and that... that that is not to not to dispute the fact that 
Um, we know that when Klopp has time with players and he works them and he gets them drilled and he develops patterns of play, that they always punch above their weight and the sum is greater than the parts. That's always been the case with Klopp teams. He wants a good pre-season. He wants more time training with them and, and he'll do the groundwork for next season. But I just wonder if um, some of the things that we're doing are just a little bit too clever and a little bit too confusing. As a team, I think Trent can definitely play that position. I think Trent can offer lots and lots of good things. And Notwithstanding everything Stu said before, got no issue with anything Stu said before about the, the benefits of, of Trent at the, of playing that right-back role and um, Hendo further forward. I quite like that analogy about doing it the opposite way around the city with um, De Bruyne and, and Walker. It's quite a nice way of looking at it and it effectively is the same the, the same roles just in just reverse really in terms of uh, where they start on the pitch. Um, but I just wonder if we're just overcomplicating things too much. Is it just, you know, you start to sort one issue and then you create another one? Because I'm just looking at the defending today and it was absolutely shambolic and it's quite clear that things aren't right. You know, the first goal, the back line was just like a dog's iron leg. And if you're going to play a high line as high as we play, you, it has to be drilled. You know, made the point the of second, to play. second goal was the same though. Wasn't a, was wasn't it? A, the back four is not on the line. That's when I sent you the the screenshot before. Oh no, I, sorry. I mean, I've done my usual mix the goals up. I meant the second yeah, one. Yeah, that was the I second meant the one. second one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I I just think, you know, I made the point a few pods ago about the lack of patterns of play. We're we're, we're starting to see starting to see some little patterns of play with Trent in midfield. Nothing between Trent. I think Trent and Gakpo were starting to see a little link up. One's looking for the other all the time. Not really seeing them anywhere else. And they just strike me as a team that, you know, needs the summer to come and they need a pre-season and they need to just get the rest together, but they really need an injection of new blood. And I wonder if it's just overcomplicating things, making lots of changes tactically now. Mm. Stu, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think it's difficult because when you're looking at personnel, um, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of the players that make mistake that are making mistakes for goals, you, you know, you're not, you're not looking at getting rid of them. You're not. I wouldn't. Don't think any of us would be looking to get rid of Robbo. Uh, mm. It's for the second goal. Canate's too high, and he's not on the half turn. There's no pressure on the pass, and he's he needs to be dropping. He needs to, It's that thing as well of like the only way that they're the only thing you need to worry about really in that situation is where is that fucking son? Yeah, <laughs> that is all you need to have in your head. Is like, where is he got now? One job today. Where is got he let now? Son running where... behind. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's all, all you've you got to worry be... about. Don't let Son yeah. run in behind. And how many times did Son run in behind? Too many. Yep. If, even if it comes into feet, it's going to probably come into Kane's feet and then it's still going to try and thread him behind. Mm. So he just, yeah, he's got to be more alert to that. I, he's been, you know, he's been great this year and he's clearly going to be a great centre-half. But it's an individual mistake. He, You know, he makes that mistake. You look at Robbo making individual errors for goals as well. I do think there's an element of like a bit of mental freshness will help us in the yeah, summer and definitely. I do think it's uh, it is having that 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 little bit more legs a little bit more quality in midfield as well but I just again without trying to go over the same point I, I don't think we're I don't think we are we, we're not trying to score goals in the same way that Manchester City do so the system works for City and I know other teams do it as well but you look at City the major proponents of bringing this inverted fullback. They score. They are happy to score a goal with a hundred passes. Do you know what I mean? Whereas we're, that's not a Jurgen Klopp trademark. It's just, it's just, it's to be quick. It's the counter press. And to be fair, it does look like the system is helping the counter press, but it 
because it means people mm. are more confident to go and press because they know they've got a bit more cover behind them. Yeah. They know that the out the out ball isn't there. They know everyone like you've got those extra two midfielders. So it does feel like the counter press is working a bit better. People have got a bit more confidence to go. But I, it, it it asks questions of of recruitment of what are you going to do then? Because if this is the system, if this is what you're going to go for, well then you don't need Jordan Henderson. You don't need James Milner. Uh, also. As an aside, James Milner, that tackle for that free kick today is ridiculous. It's a tackle of an 18-year-old. It's something you'd expect Bajetic to do. Like He's meant to come on and manage football matches. What mm. is he doing? Smashing yeah. through Harry Kane with two minutes to go. But again, he's James Is that the one he got booked for, Stu? Yeah. Yeah, just, just stupid. I, he, just, I, uh, I think that was linked to him being... He was, he was wound up about the Mo, the Mo one, wasn't he? And he went, he went he got right in the referee's face. Gave the referee loads, and I think he was still pissed off. And he was—I think it was just petulance, yeah. pure petulance. Well, and then the referee again, comes no, to the goal. That, that that comes to the goal. Yeah, yeah. Says no, no, no. Yeah, no, no arguments yeah. at all. No arguments at all. No, agreed. Um, yeah, so just uh, is, who do you want then? Which players are we going to keep if we're going to if we're going to we're going to commit to this system? Let me, let me go to this now then, because you've just brought that up, and and I'll, I'll throw it out to you now. What Paul said before, a few of us had said, not, and nobody wanted to get rid of Jota, so let's get that clear. What what was discussed is if we needed to sell players to raise money to do what we needed to do, and it might be more players than we think, for example. So we said, well, Jota would be one who you think, well, if we could get £40 million to to invest elsewhere. Now that's gone. None, you'd be fucking mad to sell Jota. Mm. Now, I'm not advocating this because he's my boy, but... What do you do with Darwin then if he doesn't fit with, with what, what they want to do? No, I just I want to come back to my caveat from earlier is that I just think, and I know a lot of people are fully writing Darwin off. I mean, Jules had not just a nibble at you today outside the chip. He, he, he told you good and proper, Dave. I've not seen you bite like that in a long time, Dave. Um, but, I, he's, you know, Jules was, Jules was, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. I've seen people, obviously, not better. It's not, though, you know. It's not tongue-in-cheek. He doesn't want to fully go that way in case he gets proved wrong. But well, he needs well maybe, 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 maybe. But Nobeds online are, are absolutely like he's shite. Nobeds outside chippies. He'll have a say when he's next back, when he's back on the pod, maybe on uh, Wednesday or next week. Um, but I, I, you can't. I, I just think anyone who at this stage. I've said it all season I'm boring myself with it now it's a mad mad season strange things are happening we didn't have a proper pre-season it was interrupted by a World Cup everywhere you look teams are having weird seasons some are doing much better some are doing much worse and it's quite clear Klopp has not had the time on the training ground that he wants in the way that he wants it so anyone who writes off Jürgen Klopp's ability to improve players and to harness them for the good of the team is an absolute fool and I do not um, I do not rule out at all the fact that Klopp has got a plan in mind for Darwin. I think he's probably changed the plan since Gakpo arrived, which in itself is slightly concerning. So I think we need to see how Darwin starts next season. But, as I said before, he is quite clearly regressed and he looks like a little boy lost. Like, he, did he did he kick the ball with one... Did he miss the ball, his first touch, and hit it with his other foot when he yeah, first came on he today? I he mean, went to a team, It's a completed pass. <laughs> I mean, he just looks like, I so want to impress, sir, sir, yeah. sir, sir. Let me run really, yeah. really fast. 
look how much I want this. Uh, I'm going to run over it. I'm going to run over there. I don't know where I'm running or why I'm running or where I'm going. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to do if I get the ball. And if I, I'll worry about that when it happens. But look at me, look at me, Jürgen. I really, really, really want to do well. That's what it looks like. That's exactly and, how I see it as well. And, and that is alarming. It's not really, relaxed. They're playing this football, is he? No. That's alarming in all sorts of ways. You know, first of all, that a player at that, you know, at this level, he was a Champions League player when we signed him. Um, and also, you know, the money that we paid for him and he's coming to one of the biggest clubs in the world, one of the best managers in the world, that's a problem. I was very, very alarmed after what Klopp said the other week about the language thing. That, to me, was a huge red flag because he didn't need to say that and he, and he emphasised the press. Now... The one thing you can say about Klopp is is that Klopp is just what you see is what you get. He just there's no sides to him. There's no grudges born. He's basically just telling the truth. That's that is the way it is. He'll have said that to the player himself. Look, you need to get the press right, and I need you to speak in English. You need to be understanding what I want you to do. And if you do that, you'll be in the team. And that is absolutely true. That is what will happen if if Darwin gets that get gets his head together and, and starts to make the progress that Klopp wants. But it is very worrying to me that we're in that position as we come to the end of his first season. That's a big, big worry. Stu, talk to me about Darwin. I I don't see how he fits with this, if we're going to stick with this system. But even more importantly, I don't see how Mo Salah fits with this system. I just don't... You, they, they seemed... They're perfect players, the same as Jota as well, and Gakpo. They all make sense in the, the nine drops in, the outside to win run, the big run from wide to inside. They all make sense in that system. None of them make any sense. None of them make any sense in a system where in the build you're going to want, in theory, Salah. If you look where he receives the ball now, he's receiving it a lot deeper because he's the outpass from from Canate. He's the outpass. So he's the outpass, but he's a lot deeper. So he helps in the build. I get that. But then, so what are we building for? We're building to then move up the pitch and still have them wide. Mo Salah's going to spend less time in the box. Nunes is going to what, stand on the touchline and, be, and beat people the way Jack Grealish does. I just I can't get my head round how none of it seems none of it seems to function for me. And they've I'm, I do not know more than Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linders. So they've obviously thought this through and they've obviously got an understanding of of what they of what they want from it. But I couldn't buy footballers this summer because I. I don't know what we need. I don't know what they think. Who's going to play where? At the moment, like I say, at the moment, it feels like you've got you've got Jordan Henderson playing in the Kevin De Bruyne slot quite often. Is that what they want, or do they want Henderson then running round the outside of Salah when he comes in? I just, I don't know. I feel like it kills the it kills the it kills the verticality that we've always had, where you know. Gakpo can drop in, look after the ball. I really like him as as the Bobby yeah. replacement. Yeah, he looks he was good. He looks after it miles better than most of the other lads. It almost never bounces off him. He's got that bit where he can turn and he can he can play people in. He's got a bit of pace. He's got a shot on him. I like him. Head up as well. Keeps his head up. Yeah, smart. Thinks like it looks like he's taken on. He's taken the uh, the counter pressing stuff really uh, quickly. It feels like he's like he leads the press really well now. Um, but yeah, I just. If you've, I just don't see how do Jota, Nunes, and Salah fit in a team where, where they're essentially being told to come and come short 
to the halfway line when we're building and then if we're in the other, the opposition's half you have to stay wide and give us width because if you don't stay wide and give us width then everyone's bunched in the middle and you've come inside and now we've got Henderson stood we've got Henderson stood in the half space and we've got Trent stood next to Fabinho I just I don't know You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. So my assumption is that he wants more mobile eight-stroke tens. That's why he's looking at those players, and he's going to be asking even more players to be even more fluid, and he's wanting even more movements up front. But it's still, I mean, that's that is again is me trying to find meaning in a situation that I'm struggling to understand. I, I, you know, I, 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 what, I can't get, what I can't accept is that there isn't a plan. There, there is a plan. What we, don't, what we don't see at the moment is that what the full plan is and how it's going to work next season. And it, they obviously have made a calculated decision to start trying to embed some of the changes now, even though they haven't got some of the players that they quite obviously are going to need for all the reasons that you've just pointed out to you. The deficiencies are really, really clear. The players that we've got I can't see Nunes. don't work. I can't see Nunes being part of a plan. I think he was bought for one thing, and I just don't see... He can't have been... I can't see how he was bought with this in mind, because he's just raw pace and power. And well, Don't you think they've changed the plan halfway? Uh, you know, this, 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 yeah, is, yeah, this, I this do, idea has come he... to them sort of May... about, what, February, yeah. early February, and then they put it into place about a month ago. I just it just feels so much of it is based around Trent and I, it seems I feel like there's lots of other people ending up in in positions that don't work for them or places yeah. on the pitch that don't work for them to get yeah. Trent to get Trent in that spot there whereas he always ended up in that he always ended up in that half space so just just replace Henderson with someone who Trent runs a lot get another genie why yeah, not just, just put Trent there though? Could keep the four three three and put yeah. Trent in that in like Hendel's Yeah, spot. you could you could do that. I'd I would still say that he, he ended up in that position a lot anyway, so you just you get yourself a, a, a decent midfielder and you just get the decent midfielder who can come over and, and cover if he needs to come over and cover. But you still got the problem with Trent defending though, with with the way like he we get Well this is why Bellingham made so much sense, isn't it? This is why Bellingham made so much sense. Because I think Bellingham in that position answers virtually all of those questions. Because he can do think, everything. Mm. And he's a real absolute physical specimen. Yeah, he's not a sitter though. He's not He's not someone who's going to sit and give a lot of cover. I imagine he'd, he'd work well with Trent. Imagine him, Trent and Salah doing that work. It'd be very mobile. Out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, can, mobile, I can see how that would be like devastating. Yeah, attacking wise, I can see how that would be absolutely devastating. Um I don't, yeah, I don't know. Part of it, I think, is yeah, it is tricky. I, I, I'm not on board because I always think if you've got, you've literally got the most creative right back that's ever played football, so he's doing insane things from right back, 
I feel like you then move him inside where he's doing things a lot of midfielders are doing. A lot of attacking midfielders are going to give you that sort of output. Not to, not to the same level, maybe, but somewhere near. Whereas at right back, he's like generational talent doesn't even do it. Nobody has ever done this from right back. So just get a lad who can run to do what Henderson used to do. I uh, just, yeah, might be wrong. I might be wrong, and it might it might suddenly all click and look right. But I just I can't get it right in my head. I think they feel there's a flaw in the old system in the sense that the tactical evolution of the whole league has started to expose some of those deficiencies. Now, I know some of the deficiencies in the way yeah. we played are to do with the lack of legs. You know, I mean, Genie, fucking hell, Genie gets better by the game this season, doesn't he, honest to God? Yeah, Genie talked about now, it's like he's, you know, it's like he's better than Kenny or something. I mean, he was a very, very good player, don't get me wrong, but, you know, since Genie's gone, since Hendo's got older, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the ways that we were we've been exposed this season with the spaces behind Trent have been to do with the lack of legs in midfield. But I also do feel that they are responding to t- the tactical advances um, in the rest of the league and yeah. the fact that there are more teams who are really, really well coached with some really technical, clever, brave players. Um, and I think that's why they've they've always wanted to evolve and nudge the tactics on. And I've always admired that. I like it. I like that lack of complacency, but it, it just well, just I'm just talking in circles now. But it just feels like this is this seems to be change that isn't really addressing all the original problems and is is creating some new ones for us. And we can't actually see exactly where it's going to end up. And that is said through the prism of I think Trent is an unbelievable player. He's our best player. I think he's absolutely sensational. And if you haven't got a manager who is trying to build pretty much everything you do attacking-wise around him, then the manager doesn't understand how good he is. Now, Klopp clearly does understand that. Maybe, well, the deficiency is mine, isn't it? Or ours, because we, because we, as you said, Stu, we don't know better than that coaching team. But it is it is difficult to understand at the well, moment. Stu did no coach his team to the league title this year. I think we should point that out. <laughs> we should indeed. Yeah, we well should. done, Stu. Yeah, yeah. Well, done. well done, Stu. Proud of you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Got a cup final as well. Hopefully, we can win there this semi. Go. Double Might winners. Going for the double. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, stop Resident talking the yourself league as well. We're flying. <laughs> Stu, Stu Guardiola. <laughs> two nil down. Ten men. Half time on Saturday. One three two. Lovely stuff. There you go. Nice, nice. You know what? Let, should we talk about the goals? Because we've not really talked yeah, about them. So, first goal. Trent in that space that you were talking about there, Stu. Great ball yeah. in. A nice finish by Curtis. I thought he should have headed that. It looked a little bit like, oh, what's he doing? But it all it all worked out well. Nice finish. Oh, I thought I thought it was a lovely finish, Dave. Yeah, it was. It's just, it just it's just I think it's risky, but he pulled it off. It was a you know he controlled really it. Really well. showed his technique and control mm-hmm. there and touch. I thought I thought it was a really classy finish. Made up for him because he's yeah. You know that's what we yeah. wanted. We wanted him to get more in the box, get involved, start like making an impact. Um, He's only done, that's the, like the one incident today where he's really done anything like that. But the rest of his performance, I thought, was really good. He's the one leading the press all the time, you know, even little things. And like this is what it pisses me off like that. We've not seen this for most of the season because if Curtis can do this, why the fuck haven't the others been doing it? Little things like he'll just chase the goalkeeper a back pass, and Curtis will run thirty yards, close the goalkeeper down, and the goalkeeper knocks it out for a throw in. And just little stupid things like that make a difference. And we've not been doing it. it like that's not difficult. 
you know, there's there's certain things where we talk about the press and how complex it is and all of that. And yet I get that. But there's also elements of it where, especially like counter press, a lot of that is like, shit, we've lost the ball. Let's just fucking get it back. And just immediately everyone's like, let's get it back. And the the other team shits themselves because they haven't got any time or space. And Curtis has been absolutely brilliant at that since he's got on the team. And he's setting the tone for that, really. Yeah, agreed. So made up that he's got his goal because he's doing a lot of other good work and it's just nice for him to to get recognition by getting on the score sheet and maybe stop some of the uh, the social media knobheads. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been good with our finishing, haven't we? Recently, I know we've been moaning about it this season, but we've I mean that even today that's I think it was four shots on target, wasn't it? And four goals. Yeah, it's a yeah. lovely lovely finish from Curtis. I think it's something. Is it like I think we've got. 15 goals from about 30 shots or something like that, which is, you know, stupid numbers. You can't keep converting one in two. Uh, so, yeah, just, I think, enjoy it while it while it lasts. But the finishing's been massively improved recently. Yeah, it makes I, a I change, think, doesn't I, it, mate? Do you remember how bad it was at the start of the season? It was yeah. Horrendous, wasn't it? I, I think Curtis as well shows you a little bit, without getting again into the, the, the Bellingham stuff, I think Curtis shows you a little bit of what I've been saying, which is that I don't think you need... So my opinion is go and get the 120 million player, go and get the generational talent, go and get Bellingham. But if you're not, I don't really want to see us spending 70, 80 million pounds on players that I think aren't massively better than 30 million pound players. Yeah. I feel there's an economy to be had where... So who, who are you referring to? Though? Like Mason Mount, Conor Gallagher, so, those type of players? Yeah, like I'd take Mason Mount. I don't think he's a bad footballer, but I'd be going, well, you need to get him off your wage bill. We'll give you 15 or 20. And if you don't want that, that's fine. We'll, <laughs> 15? We'll, We're not we'll getting we'll go, gen, Well, genuinely, they're, they're going to have like 30-odd footballers they there. Are gonna have I know, I know, there is going to be problems. a fire sale yeah. there. And yeah. they're gonna have they're gonna have shit tons of wages that they can't pay next year. And their academy so boys are the ones that they need to sell for for amortisation. It's pure profit basically. So they're the yeah. ones that they're gonna need to move on. So there is an element, same as the Bellingham thing, where you're not telling me they don't talk to the player, and the player just tells the club, "That's where I'm going. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not signing for anyone else. That's where I'm going. So you better accept the fee." And as, as just you know, as much as you wouldn't want that happening to your football club. I think there's an element of that. Same with Bellingham. If he goes, that's the only place I'm going to. It doesn't matter what City offer. It doesn't matter what Real Madrid offer. If he says... Well, it's all Virgil did, go- isn't it? Virgil did yeah. that. Yeah, I am only going to that football club. So you better speak to them. And you better talk sensible numbers. Otherwise, I'll go on a free in a year. So I, I just think when people are talking 70 million for Mount, I'd be fuming if we, if we paid that amount of money for someone I who I don't think... No, but I, I just don't think he's significantly better than some lads you can pick up from France or Germany for 35 million you know what I mean I just yeah, I just yeah. think there will be which players which you have you identified anybody yes <laughs> anybody you've mentioned in the, anyone you've mentioned in the chat a couple of times that you want to share with the, get, get the names out now Stu because if we sign them you can, you can take credit no it wasn't we were just well, we were talking about Torham's lad weren't we the younger the younger lad yeah. He yeah. he looks like a good ball carrier if that's what you want from you know, if you were looking for that from Bellingham, the idea that you're carrying the ball, he looks good. There's a kid at Lorient, uh, Lafay, and he looks good as well. He looks like he's a ball carrier, progressive passer, tackles, and I just I think these players are probably knocking around. You know, the, the, it's same as Gomez. I was saying about Gomez when he moved to Newcastle, thirty-five million or something. He looked same sort of numbers as Thiago, same sort of player. Um, you know, same as I said about Willock as well. I just think there's there's like lads you can get for thirty-five million, forty million pounds. And I don't think the much. I don't think there's much difference between the seventies, eighties, 
you know, Caicedo, they're talking eight million. I, I, I don't want to be paying eighty million for Caicedo. Just I don't I just don't yeah, believe crazy. there's not a footballer out. There's a footballer out there that can get about, put his foot in, and do those things. There's loads of. I mean, Brighton will go and buy the fucker when we yeah. buy Caicedo. They'll go and buy his replacement. They probably already for got him. Yeah, yeah. Probably plays five aside in Venezuela or something. They're about to sign him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think Gakpo I think... proves that point, Stu. Gakpo in a different position. Gakpo proves that point. You know what do we yeah. pay for him? Thirty, five, five, seven, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, but that, that, proves, that exactly proves the point. It's just a different position. But that's what I'm saying, coming back to Curtis, because that's where Curtis came, the, the idea that we started with Curtis. Curtis shows you that people can, you know, players can do a perfectly serviceable serviceable job and you maybe don't need to go and spend £70 million. But Jetic came in, did a perfectly good job. You know, you, don't, you might not need to go splashing money on these players if, if lads that you've got can do a job. You pick up a... A bargain. I think. I think, as we've said, it makes it even more reason to then go and get the special player, bring the special player in, and and just supplement that with a couple of, you know, even if it's a couple of punts, one goes right. I mean, I think you ball. touch on you, mm. you touch on a big issue with that we all collectively have as fans, isn't it? With players who do a job, they're they're always the underappreciated ones. Managers love players like Genie, or you know. Uh, I mean, Mason Mount apparently every manager's had him loves the fact that he can just understand the tactical plan and he can carry it out to the letter, even if that means compromising some elements of his own game. I think Curtis has done uh, has, has clearly done that. We've seen that from him. He's curtailed bits of his own game in order to deliver for Klopp. Fans, while they're aware of that, don't tend to appreciate it. I mean, look how long it took for Genie to be fully appreciated here. You know, as I, as I said before, I was only being slightly facetious. You hear people talk about Genie now. It's like he's one of the best players we've ever had. Um, and he was a really good player for us. Fell off a cliff after he left, like so many players do when they leave when they leave club. Yeah, um, but he was, he, yeah, he was completely underappreciated for much of the time when he was here. I think a couple of goals against Barcelona, everybody went, "Wow, what a great player!" And then people started to kind of, kind of, sort of like sagely nod and say, "Oh yeah, does a great job, follows instructions, fills in the gaps." But those are the sorts of players that aren't really appreciated. We all want shiny new toys. I mean, I'm, I'm no difference. I want a shiny new toy. I want Jude Bellingham. But, you know, I, I think there is a lot to be said for those sorts of players that you're talking about, Stu. The unflashy, unshowy ones who will do to the letter what the manager asked them to do uh, consistently, week in, week out, um, and they don't and they don't cost you huge amounts of money. And I think, I guess that's, I'm assuming Gravenberch is, is kind of that category of player. He's, he's somebody like that that we're looking at. So we are looking at some of those as well, I think. I think it's, you've got to remember as well, you're not trying to get to a 99 points again. From where we are now, you're looking to get back to 80, 85. You know, you're looking to get back to being steady. And we all want to get to 95 points, get to 99 points. But to improve next year, we don't. You don't quite need that thing where trying to improve the team that was going for all four trophies and was, you know, a couple of kicks of a ball away from doing a quadruple. Improving that was difficult. It was difficult. You had to. You had to go and get. You know, you've got to go and get this hundred and twenty million pound player to improve that. To improve this now doesn't quite need that that it's not as difficult. You can go and pick up players that will get you back to a you know, a decent place and it might have a, a capacity to get better, a capacity to do ninety odd points when they get better. But I just yeah. I don't think it's. I think a lot of fans fall into this trap of thinking that you've got to have the special player. There's lo- when you've got especially when you've got Jurgen Klopp. There's loads of raw material out there that he can turn into special. I don't necessarily think you need to go out and buy ready-made off-the-shelf special. You just need to have the raw materials and he'll turn it into special, won't he? 
Yeah. Right, we're sidetracked again, so let's get back to the goals. <laughs> second goal. I thought the second goal was brilliant. I loved it. I think Gakpo's done really well, but it's only watching it when I got home. What a good finish that was. It's a volley, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, it's a volley. It's a volley. It's a full volley. behind him, and for him to direct it into the corner the way he did, it was quality. But it's also a great run for him to nip in front of, I think it was Romero. Um, yeah. But again, made up for Diaz. He's, it's his first start in God knows how long. Uh, he looked sharp, thought he he played well and made up to see him back amongst the goals. Yeah, I agree with every word of that. I thought the, I thought it was I thought it was a great goal at the time and then seeing it afterwards I was it was breathtaking yeah, really yeah, for all breathtaking. the reasons that you mentioned. when I realised it was a full volley, I thought, wow, that that is really something else. It's just the way he shapes his body, isn't it? The way he gets his body in a position to make sure he gets the connection right that it's going it's going straight in. But yeah, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant goal. Yeah. Was it Mo was it Mo who got to the who, it's Gakpo. It Mo, it Mo Gakpo. played the pass to Gakpo, and, and then Gakpo cut it back for him. Yeah, yeah didn't he? but I mean it's a great cutback as well because like he's looked, seemed like exactly where to cut it back to, and you know it's it's brilliant from him and a great finish. But that's like five minutes gone, and it was two 0 up, and Spurs must have been like, oh my god, here we go again. And then it was like I think it's thirteen minutes, maybe fourteen, when we got the penalty. Um, I haven't seen that back, but everyone said it's a stonewall pen, so yeah, no, no reason to think otherwise. But um, were you surprised to see Mo taking the pen? No, I, not really. I, I thought he'd no, still be no, I, I thought if he missed it, if he missed it, it was going to be his last. But I thought he, I definitely thought he'd take it today. I, I was a bit surprised. I thought Fabinho might have took it just because when Klopp got asked about it last time, he didn't say, yeah, Mo's still on pens. He said, we'll talk about that behind closed doors. So I thought maybe they were going to take it off him. Now, it could be because we're 2-0 up after like 10 yeah. minutes. It's easy to say, go on then, Mo, you carry on. But I think he must have probably been told before the game, if we get a pen, you know, you're still taking them. But um, yeah, I would have I'm much more comfortable with Fabinho taking them, to be honest. But... And even like that pen, I know he scored, but it was a bit too close for comfort. I was like, oh shit, that, that could easily have just hit the bar. But um, yeah, it's gone in 3 0 after 13 minutes, and then yeah, we just totally lost our way. Uh, we spoke about the Tottenham goal. Then, second half, I thought Tottenham were more threatening. They hit the post, ball comes back out like 30 seconds later, they hit the other post. Uh, we were just wobbling, you know, and the, the Tottenham fans, I got at 3-0, I was looking at the Tottenham fans, I'm pretty sure a few of them left. Now, they might have just been yeah, going for a piss or something, but it looked like a few of them were leaving. Uh, and then the ones who stayed were probably one more goal away from, from getting off. But the, we didn't get that fourth goal. Tottenham score, and then they're probably thinking, all right, second half, let's see what happens. But they are a second half team. They've done well all season in the second half. Um, and yeah, so they get back to 3-2. As soon as that happened, and like I seen Richarlison on on, on the bench uh, on the touchline getting ready to come on, and I said to Johnson, "There's absolutely no way we're holding on to this lead, and I guarantee he's going to get his fucking first goal of the season, and it, it you know against us." And I said to Johnson, "I'm going to be fucking fuming that we've let him score all season. Nobody has let Richarlison score against them, <laughs> and it would have to be us, wouldn't it? But there was nothing more inevitable than that happening." And as you said, it was the stupid free kick we give away. Um, it looked like a spawny finish as well. It looks like he's just edited it into the ground and it's looped up yeah. and Allison can't get there. And then, of course, you have like his big mad celebration. Cher comes off, he's giving it the beans. Just proper fucking Everton twat that he is. 
And then, yeah, it's like he just must have forgot who he plays for. <laughs> so, mate, you're playing for Spurs. It ain't over till it's over. Because <laughs> going back to what you said earlier, Paul, about like we, we've got 11 more um, stoppage time winners than anybody else, like 41. The team who's conceded the most is Tottenham. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's not that big a shock that that happened. No. But when the goal goes in, my first thing, I immediately was looking at Richarlison and his, his hands just go to his head. And he must have been thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, I've just done all of that, made such a big like meal of it all, give it the beans, and for what? We've got beat. So that was just really, that was a sweet moment. As much as like I'm pissed off about the game, it was almost worth letting them get back to 3-3 three, three to, to win it like that just for fucking Richarlison. Cause to I see don't, the fire I don't go think, out in his eyes. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I, I've ever despised a player as much as I despise Richarlison. <laughs> I'm struggling to think of anybody. I, I, he just... He, he come on and within like fucking 10 seconds he threw himself on the floor in the box trying to get a penalty. He's fucking horrible and I don't care if he's a top lad off the pitch and he's a good socialist and he doesn't like oh, the fucking right wing. Yeah, 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 sounds, yeah. Good for you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you but as soon as he sets foot on the pitch, no, he's, he's just the fucking worst. I despise him. But if he doesn't score, Dave, if someone else scores that goal, Probably finishes 3-3, doesn't it? Because he scores it, the magic of Everton means that we have to go and score the other, the other end, don't we? So yeah. we're lucky that he Everton got the goal. Everton and Spurs it, combined. Yeah, it was that mix. That it's just mix in a bunch of Everton and Spurs. Like, that's not going to Once Everton touches you. Once yeah. Everton just touches can't. you and you move to Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But honestly, I was sat there like as they um, were waiting to restart the game. And I'm sat there and I'm going, you fucking dickheads. You fucking let that prick score against you. You should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. Honestly, I was just absolutely fucking steaming about it. If it had been anyone else at the score, I'd have been pissed off. But I wouldn't have been like sat there just cursing the players. But I was just disgusted. It's like all season he hasn't scored. And I've, I've loved that. I've loved being able to say, ah, 60 million and he hasn't scored a single goal. And then we just fucking let him score. So, but then I'm also going, yeah, fucking well done. You got the same amount of goals as Joel Matter. Well done, you fucking tit. Fucking giving it the beans. One goal all season, and he's like celebrating like that. Gets booked for taking his shirt off. <laughs> it it reminded me of the uh, the, the Adebayo thing, like years ago. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, he scored, yeah, and he was he was still dancing when Ryan Babel fucking ran through and scored. <laughs> it was just the same thing. So I love it when that happens. It's just like you know, just karma. It's just sweet. But we need to talk about the finish, though. That Jota's finish. Yeah, I was going to say credit because um, it isn't luck. It isn't luck that we get in there. It's it's the fact that he in the last minute he he hasn't got his head down. He hasn't gone. Oh, we've lost the football match. Ball comes out to Mora. And being a sniffer, a proper goal sniffer, which is what he is, he's just gone. I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to, ta- I'm going to well, take. Well, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said in the interview? Yeah, he, he said, I, I think he, maybe he said, that be it might be a bit in hindsight. He, he's that's the story, but either way, it's still it's still super smart. He's just gone. What, I'm going what to take did he a say? Chance. So he basically said, "I knew he's not a proper defender, and I, I know he's play, he's playing there, but he's not a defender by nature." And I just gambled, thinking he's going to knock it back to the keeper here. Now, as Stu's saying, maybe it was being wise after the fact, but you can definitely see in the replay he does gamble. He does gamble. He mm-hmm. makes the move as before Moore has, Moore has played the pass. You know, he's already on the move, and the, there's just the fact there's a play between between them is why Moore doesn't see he's making that move. Um, it is really, really canny. 
Well, that, I yeah. give Jota all the credit in the world because it's a brilliant finish. Anticipation, he switched on. All my point was, I can't have it that it's like, oh look, you know, we forced the winner. We've we've done this. No, Jota's done that. It's not. A yeah, case he's of done it. The, yeah, the teams rallied and responded and got a goal. No, Jota did that basically on his own with with yeah, help from, from Tottenham. That's the point yeah, that's that I was fair. making. Really, uh, you know, there's other games where we, we concede and then. We go down the other end. We put a move together. We score. Yeah, you know, the credit credit the team for that. So yeah, we've kept going. We've we've not accepted defeat and all that. I don't think this was that. I just think, you know, Jota's just been alert and it's just a, it's a great finish. You know, because it's on his left foot. I know he's two footed, but he's naturally right footed. Uh, that's not an easy chance because when yeah. he first runs through, when he latches onto the ball, immediately I'm like, oh yeah, this is this. You know, it's a great chance. And then I'm like, oh, no, maybe he's a bit too wide here. It's suddenly it's not a great chance, but then just perfect finish right across the keeper into the corner. Just, just uh, love the way he looks up as well. Yeah, I mean, he takes that first touch quality. and he looks up before he before he takes the finish. He started it's, it's looking clinical, like far again. Clinical. But the funny thing is, like whenever Robbie came back from like a, a layoff, he was fucking woeful. He was always awful when, when Fowler came back. He'd be falling over his own feet and everything. And Jota shares that with him as well. You know, he comes back and he just doesn't even look like a footballer at times. But now, yeah, he's back in the groove again now. And that's what, five goals in his last three games, is it? No, yeah. did he, did he play, yeah. get to play the other night? Was it five and four? Five and four, yeah. So we got two, two. He didn't score at West Ham. And, and then, then he's, he's, got, one he's got that one today. So, yeah, five he, goals. He's the one you score. trust. Isn't he? If you want a chance for yeah. someone, oh, he's, he's the, the finisher, one. He's yeah, the one you yeah. trust. He's the finisher. More than, think... more than Mo as well. More than, more than. Yeah, Mo definitely. Well. Yeah, definitely. He's the one that, who's yeah. not missing big chances all season. So, Jota gets the winner, and obviously Tottenham are pissed off about it. Ryan Mason's gone off on one about he shouldn't have been on the pitch because the the high challenge where his studs have caught Skip on the head, and I think he, I think he had to go off, didn't he? Yeah, he had like yeah a cut on his head, and he went off. Um, five stitches apparently Klopp responded to that by saying well Skip shouldn't have been on the pitch either for a bad tackle he'd done on Diaz so they kind of cancel each other out and I don't really think Spurs have got much of a case because of that but probably should have been two red cards shouldn't he yeah, I think so yeah and I have to I say I, I haven't seen them both again afterwards I mean I think yeah they are both red cards I, I think Jota knows you know I think he knows I think he knows what he's doing. I don't think he's gone into it thinking, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do him here." But once he's in there, he's thinking, "I'm not taking my foot away." And you can tell by the look on his face; he knows afterwards. I think he'd go in and just before he makes contact, he knows he's going to do it, and he doesn't, but he doesn't pull out. So I reckon he could have just taken, you know, it, it, he could have just pulled back from the ball, and, and he doesn't. Um, it's bad. Like I think it's really bad. It's, it definitely should have been a definitely should have been a red card. Um, the other one, um, I think. I don't know. Did we did we say it on the pod or were we talking just before, Andrew? I think Stu, you mentioned um, he does kind of get a little touch on the ball um, yeah. before he before he, he 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 makes contact with sort of you know the the bit just above um, Diaz's ankle. That, that's horrible as well. But I I thought Jota's there was a little a little bit more snide to it. I think he could have pulled out and didn't. Yeah, I, I can't. You can, I don't think you can make an excuse an excuse for the referee for the Jota one. I think you know once the lad's head's cut open. I just don't know how you can give a booking for that. But then obviously the reason why he's given a booking for that is probably because he knows he shouldn't be on the pitch in the first place. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And I, I think, I, I again, I'll give him a little bit. Some of the refereeing was fucking dreadful. Again, like the, the again, the most Salah stuff, it's just painful. Mm. But um, I, I'll give him a little bit of leeway on the, the, the tackle, like I say, because I think he does get a touch on the ball and then it bounces off and then he goes in on the ankle. For me, once you've once you've got VAR, the idea the VAR doesn't doesn't say, mate, go and have a, go and have a look at this because he nearly snapped his leg there. It just doesn't even get doesn't even drag him over to have a look at it. It's so strange, it's David Coote. Really strange. Yeah, if it's David Coote, then he's yeah. done he's done Tierney no favors whatsoever there because they've made Not an absolute the fucking time. shit. Yeah, they've made an absolute shit show of that to be honest. And Mason Mason can fuck off because. If that happens, if that's a red card there, it is seven, isn't it? At that point yeah. in the match, in the first half, like they were, they were on the rack. There's no way on earth that that game doesn't get miles out of hand if they have to play with ten as well. So he, I mean, he's going to do it because he's going to try and build up a bit of a, you know, he's going to cry, isn't he, about how hard done, how hard done to they were because he scored the winner. But yeah, he should skip. Shouldn't be skip. Shouldn't be on the pitch. And also, I mean, we'll I talk about. I, think, I was just going to say that another thing, and I feel like I feel like it's always with Spurs, is the the not putting the flag up. It feels like it's it's perfect for them. Oh, it's horrendous! The, the amount of times, and they it, obviously it's Son, and he gets in, and he gets in, and he gets in, and it just it makes everyone feel nervy. It gets yeah. their it changes up, the, it get, the the mood of the game, yeah. doesn't it? it yeah, the it whole momentum of the game is like, oh, Liverpool are living on the edge here, and we've got they've and got also, in again. Son, got it, in I again. mean, Son was about two yards away. He slid in for one at the far post where it was offside. Then Kane crossed it, and he was sliding yeah. in for it. And Allison came out. Now him and Allison were actually like two yards apart, so there was no danger we're going to touch. But in, in another context, what if Son slides in, takes out Allison, injures him? And it's offside. It's just, it's just a joke. The, you should stop the game at the point where the player goes offside. I don't understand oh, why they don't do it. There's, there's no rationale for doing it. If I'm a defender, yeah. If I'm a defender and I know someone's offside, you better believe I'm clattering them. If <laughs> def- <Yeah>. absolutely, <laughs> definitely. If I, if someone's offside, I'm chasing them and thinking I'm going to put one on them here because it's not, it's not going to count. It's a free hit, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a free. It's like when someone gets a shot off, isn't it? In the area, you can virtually kill them once they've got the shot off. Usually, because they'll never they'll never give you a, yeah, a penalty did, did for Did you it. see the one the other night at the, the Everton Newcastle game, and um, a Newcastle player like got his shot away and got absolutely fucking wiped out by um, Tarkovsky. It was really bad. It was a bad tackle. He's got him like on the shin with his studs. Yeah, but because the the Newcastle player got the shot away, nothing happened. So you you get away with murder there. It's like you know, it's. Yep. It's a late tackle, and he's wiped him out. I don't care if he got the shot away. That's a penalty. But it's just, I don't, as you say, it's one of them things that just never gets punished. But just on the, the, the linesman not putting the flag up on that, like, I feel sorry for them because they know, but you know they want to put the flag up, but they can't. Yeah. And there was yeah. one today, and Virgil turns around, and he's like screaming at him, and Robbo says something, and like... And the linesman just kind of like shrugged, and he was like, "I know, but like, what do you want me to do?" He said, "I, I know he's offside, and I've put my flag up now, but I can't put my flag up yeah. until the play yeah. stops. So it's not their fault." And like I, I've said this time and time again, the amount of decisions that linesmen get wrong is it, it hardly ever happens with offsides. Yeah. They're fucking brilliant at offsides. Yeah. You know these marginal ones. Generally, it's like if if they don't put the flag up and it goes to a VAR check, I'm like, oh. You know the linesman's generally right here. You know, and, and they usually are. They're so good at that. 
you know, maybe they're not great at other aspects of it, but then also a lot of it's because referees don't want the linesmen making decisions. Refs will say, I'm giving free kicks. Yeah. You know, don't get involved. Because the one with Mo, the, the Lionel didn't give that what you know when like when with the the one with Mo and um Davis, I think it was, and he did give the foul against Mo and everyone was going mad. The linesman did not give that. The linesman's looking at it going, yeah, that's yeah. fine, no problem. It was it was fucking Tierney that gave it. It wasn't a linesman. Well, isn't that where so many of the issues come from? Isn't it? You touched on it there, Dave. You said refs don't wanna don't want liners making decisions. There is this kind of like ego hierarchy around who makes the decisions and who doesn't. If they've got a better view, let them let them this, tell you. Yeah, this this kind of sanctity of the referee and he shouldn't be undermined. It's crazy. They operate as a team. If someone's got the best view, then you go with that view. The ref, I mean, to me, that's a, that's a, a, ref, a, a, a strong referee is someone who can do it. In some ways, there's no difference to the way Klopp leads. You know, Klopp is quite happy for someone else to run his training sessions if the training sessions are, are superb. He's just the one who decides whether they're superb or not. You know, a, refer, a referee should be, he's in charge of his team, including the VAR, and he wants them to tell him what's what. And if he's made a mistake, he wants to know. And he yeah. wants to get the decision right. Uh, but they, do, they all seem to be second-guessing each other because they don't want to make each other look like knobheads rather than focus on... You won't look like knobheads if you communicate effectively with each other. You drop the egos and you just admit that someone else saw it better than you did. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the whole purpose of having VAR. And yet we've still got this nonsense now with VAR where they're definitely trying to protect referees if they can. That's mm. not what it's for. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, I mean, just on the Mo one, I just want to come back on the Mo one. Um, that is just unbelievable. That, that well one's given against Mo. And the contrast between the way Harry Kane is treated when anyone goes near him and the way Mo is treated is just like, it's bizarre. You know, it's absolutely bizarre. I, there, there's definitely an element of nationality about it. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a racist issue, but there's definitely an issue of nationality about it where the English fella gets it all and the, and, and, and the lad who doesn't play up front for England um, gets absolutely nothing. I mean, that one that went against him, I mean, who was the defender he was, he was, he was up against? It was Davis, I think. Well, he had all of his Mo's shirt. He's, pull, yeah. he's pulling the shirt. Mo doesn't touch him. The only movement of his arms is because Davis is pulling him. He's just trying to get away. It goes down on his face. Yeah, you think he may... He does catch him, doesn't he? He does catch him because he's got blood coming out of his mouth later on, but don't go hanging off someone. Don't go put, trying to put people in headlocks if you don't want to get caught in the face uh, with an absolutely. arm. Absolutely. And as Dave said, the liner can quite clearly see it and gives nothing. And then the yeah. referee just says, oh, Mo Salah, it's a foul it's a to kick. us. It's a foul to us. Yeah. And, and the Lions was like, oh, well, he's got away. He's got the ball. There's no point to being a foul. So the Lions was not giving anything. He sees what happens, and he's letting play go on. And, and Tierney just shits himself and gives that. But we need to talk about Tierney. Before we go into um, the thing with Klopp and him and what Klopp said afterwards, it's also worth pointing out, I think, that as far as I'm aware, referees and linesmen are like a team who travel around the country together, and you know that that's the whole thing. Is like they build this understanding together that it's they have like the referee yeah. has the same linos every game, so that lino obviously cannot come back to Anfield anytime soon. The one with with the incident with Robbo, but he was part of Paul T and his team, but they couldn't have him there. Why? Why did they not just put Paul T in charge of another game today and give us a different referee? What what's the the thinking behind that? I just, I don't understand why they've they've done all of that. They uh, think he's one of their top men, don't they? That's the thing. It's, you get these refs where they, you you think you've got a problem with them because they make they make decisions against you in the big games, 
the FA will probably say, the referees association will probably say, oh well, he's one of our top boys. Yeah, but and this is a big, this, this this is a big a, game. Is it though? Is it though? Is it a big it's game? Big, it's two teams yeah, in the top it's six. Super Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but like it's it's two fucking mediocre teams like scrapping for fucking Europa League. That's not the way the Europa refs Conference. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just imagining the email to the clubs. Listen, lads, you both shit this year, so we're going to send you us, a young fella. Just fella, give us eh? the YTS ref. No one's asked. <laughs> We don't need the so-called top referee. We're not. We're not a fucking top team, are we? It's not like there's relegation at stake or like you know, um, Champions League at stake. It's not that. It's you know. I, I don't think. I do. I do think the club should have been saying. Should be saying to them. What, we don't want Paul Tierney on our games anymore. This is ridiculous. We should now. have said that ages ago. Maybe we did. Yeah, if we did, it hasn't worked. But we need to be saying it insistently now, and maybe open and open that conversation up to the media as well, because it's just a joke. He quite clearly has got a problem. Quite clearly got a problem with us. Well, that brings us to Klopp's comments afterwards then, because do we think that that's part of why he said what he said? Is this about maybe like the club might be getting in touch and saying keep him away from our games from now on because there's clearly a problem? Because Klopp went like pretty far today when he said like he says he hasn't got a problem with us, but I can tell by the way he looks at me. I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah. Well, like I said before, I reckon, I mean, Klopp is a big, big, I mean, he's physically big, but he's, he's I mean, his, his character and his personality, he's a dominant bloke, isn't he? He's the alpha He's the alpha of all alphas, you know what I mean? He's the alpha who runs a team full of alphas, you know, he's, he's absolutely um, the biggest personality in any room he walks into. He could walk into a room with pretty much any group of people in the world and dominate the room. You know, he could walk into the, the Oval Office of the White House and he'd be, he, he would dominate that room. So I think it's not surprising to me that people are intimidated by him. I think Tierney very much is intimidated by him and I think when Klopp's talking about the way he's looking at me I think basically saying he's just shitting himself when he sees him doesn't like having to deal with him I don't think Klopp covered himself in glory with the way he ran up to the fourth official I just think it doesn't look good and, and you know I, I'm all for passion I'm all for all of that but don't be running up in his face like that and, you know I take his point I believe him I've got, I, I absolutely believe what he said he just went running and he found himself there but you know get a grip of yourself and then he does his hammy as well and yeah. he goes hobbling off in the, the opposite direction it was pure um, slapstick, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? It was not a good look. But then what he said afterwards, that's, that's weird. In the embargoed uh, press conference, I hope he says more and we find out. Uh, they don't have an embargoed one uh, after games. Oh, do they not? No, it's only in the... Oh, it's uh, just out in anticipation of the, yeah. the pre-match ones? Yeah. Oh, we're going to find out what was said. Well, we put it, he, he, was, he was a little bit affronted, wasn't he, by whatever it was? I yeah. think there's a bit of impunity. Like I get the vibe with some referees. I mean, I know I'm probably biased because of uh, my level of constantly having arguments with referees. But um, <laughs> I just, I just feel like there's a, there's um, there's like an impunity, and I think sometimes if it's like you've come, you've come at me once before with Harry Kane, and so I'm not giving you anything. Just the idea. I think there's the Anfield thing as well that I'm going to show what a big boy I am. I'm Anfield's not going to make me give a penalty. Anfield's not going to make me give a red card because I'm a big boy and I won't be influenced. And I think there's a bit of that in the referees as well. But you know, it's, it does. You start sounding mad and consp- you know about conspiracies and stuff. But they could help themselves by just not sending Manx to constantly do our games. Yeah. It's just, it's the you know, the, the a referee supports Tranmere and he's not allowed to do Liverpool or Everton games. Okay, fair enough. Then why are we getting supposedly Aldringham fans and people from Wigan and Ashton and I don't know? It just you could save yourself a lot of trouble by just not constantly sending a parade of shit bored manks to referees. Mm. 
But then Howard Webb was allowed to referee our games while he was a South Yorkshire That's policeman. Scandalous. So That's scandalous. The, yeah. it, the more you think about that, the more fucking outrageous and unbelievable it is that you know there was legal cases going on against South Yorkshire Police and they had a fucking South Yorkshire copper referee in Liverpool games and constantly shafting us with decisions. Like, Madness. even if he's not being biased, he's totally compromised and should never have been allowed near our games. It's mad. Like, it puts this into, you know, it, I'm always yeah. going on about, like, all these mank referees and that. And, and, yeah, I don't think that's right. But when you think, that's nothing compared to the fact that Howard Webb was allowed to referee our games. And now he's in charge of the refs as well. Mm. So that's why we're getting Tierney. Because fucking Howard Webb's like, oh, Klopp doesn't like you. Yeah, you're off to Anfield. Revenge. Yeah. There is an element I get though that every obviously every club thinks that referees are biased against them and stuff like that. But what what Paul was talking about before when he's talking about nationality and stuff like that, I remember there was a study done. I can't remember who it's done by, but they would, there is definitely a hierarchy of uh, of like if you're English, uh, if you play for the national team, and if you're white, like and if you're a foreign player, there's like a hierarchy where. If you're obviously if you're if you're white English captain Harry Kane and you don't get decisions given against you, but it's the same for it was the same for Gerard, same for Henderson, same for Shearer. Yeah, Shearer. Shearer. Like there's a, there is a higher, and then it comes down to like if you're an England player, but you you know, but that color does come into it. Apparently, it's like you know, foreignness does come into it. Someone did a study, and it was like just quite obvious that some of the pro, you know some of the prominent black footballers seem to be getting a lot more. A lot less decisions. Well, Arsenal fans are always saying about Saka, like he's the saying like that Saka does not get free kicks. He gets the shit kicked out of him every yeah. game, he and he nothing. doesn't get protection. I've not paid much attention to it, but they talk about Saka the same way we're talking about Mo. Jules said to me on the way down to the cars, "Listen to this. I've got to tell you this." On the way down, to the car, he said, "It's like it's like Saint George going on the Crusades, Harry." Happy Kane like St. George. <laughs> oh, Salah's like the evil, the evil paladin. <laughs> the Crusades <laughs> come to war. <laughs> but Kane gets everything I, and uh, Mo gets nothing. I imagine Saka's the same as Salah, though, isn't he? In that they're both nice boys. And I'm so, yeah. I'm genuinely so tired of seeing Mo like grinning and smiling. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get decisions. I know that you're the super nice guy, but we're not going to win football matches if you keep doing the wry smile thing. Like, kick off, do something about it. I don't he know. did a couple of weeks Be ago and he twat. got booked. Be a fucking twat. Do I don't remember? know, just like... He got booked. <laughs> it was like the first time Mo's ever lost his temper on a football pitch. Well, he did today as well, and to he be kicked fair, the ball away he? and he got booked. He did it today yeah. as well, flung his arms and, uh, on, the one that, on the one that went the other way. That's why a little bit when you're talking about um, did Jota kick someone in the head on purpose, I'm like, probably, he's horrible, but he'll win football matches. Same as Sadio Mane. It's like yeah. when Sadio Mane yeah. went in late on someone, he didn't help them up. He looked at them like he was going to do it again in five minutes' time. And I do like that quite a lot. Warrior spirits, yeah, I need more of that. It, yeah. it just it helps you win football matches. Obviously, it's not great going around kicking people in the head. And I imagine Ryan Mason is quite sensitive to that. So I do get that yeah. he's not happy about it. <laughs> but, you know, he wouldn't be able to kick he wouldn't be able to kick him in the head if he'd been sent for an early shower, would he? So there you go. <laughs> with with Jota though, like I don't know whether he meant that or not. I've I I'd lean towards no, but you never know because he, he the thing I always said about Jota is he's like Fowler but with less genius and added snide. More snide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so maybe but I don't know. I just think he thought he could nick that. He could just get his foot up and nick it over his head. And he's just um misjudged it and 
He's, he's caught him, obviously. But... I think he. I think he knew he was going to clip him, and he, he had that half a second where he could have just like, you know, taken some, taken something out of the challenge, and he thought, no, fuck it, I'm just going straight through it. I, I think he had it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you based an entire playing career on it. Three hundred <laughs> games as a defender. Oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> right. But I mean, he did. He did kind of put his head down a little bit as well. Uh, you wouldn't have had to do that, Stu, obviously. I mean, you're only no, like obviously five, not. five for two or whatever it is. <laughs> so you wouldn't have needed to do it yet. You're probably getting kicked in the head every week. And that was just from, like, normal kicks. <laughs> it wasn't even a high boot. <laughs> oh, no. Decent in the air, mate. Get off the ground. Like Tiago. <laughs> yeah. What did Tiago say to Nunes? What do we reckon? That was my... Go out there and be shit. And the way Klopp looked at he's probably what? said, ignore that fucking big lanky German <laughs> bastard. You, you, you're fucking boss. Take no notice of him. <laughs> and Klopp just looked yeah, at him. Ignore that big German fella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're my boy and you're Dave's boy. Go ahead, get out there. Run around like a mad one. Way, fucking go. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Like I don't know what was going on there, but Klopp didn't seem impressed by it, did he? He's looking around, going, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's like a cartoon double take. Get back on the bench. Right. So we're up to fifth now, I think. Are we? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Brighton's are, yeah. got Brighton's got two games in hand, and I think they're four points behind. Uh, but we're up to fifth. I think that's probably where we're going to end up. Yeah. Um, same. But I've got thoughts about this. Something like I've always said this at the end of the season. Obviously, they say like the table doesn't lie and points and all that. I think the table does lie at times, and I always look at goal difference, which tells like a really yeah a better picture. I'm not saying you, if, you, lower, if your goal it? difference is is great, you deserve to be higher. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is goal difference. You can tell by looking at goal difference if a team's punched above its weight. And you can tell who's underachieved. So you look at us, plus 23, and United is plus 10. And then you've got Villa plus four. So you can see the teams who are like, that's as good as they can do. You know, they're, they're probably a bit lucky to be where they are. And then you look at us and go, how can you be plus 23 and, and be below those teams? It's because you've punched below your weight. You've just not not achieved what you should have achieved but i was looking at it as well and i see brighton on plus 21 mm. now the top three all deserve to be where they are like absolutely no question about that you've got the top two are clear newcastle clearly being the third best team this year i think united are lucky to be fourth i don't think they really deserve it i'm not saying we should be fourth because we've just been shit for most of the season i just look at brighton and if we finish above Brighton this year, I said this to John before the games. Did you know if we finish above them, I'll feel a bit fraudulent and I'll feel a bit guilty because <laughs> I just don't think we deserve it. I'd look at Brighton and go, they deserve to be top four. Brighton deserve to be in the top four, and I feel bad for them that they're not going to be in the top four. And uh, it just depends where they're going to end up finishing, I suppose. But Brighton have to finish in in the European spot, or it's an absolute travesty. Yeah, agreed. They'll be the best of the rest, I think, won't they? They might finish sixth. I think we might just hold them off. But we'll see. See if they've got I mean, the the squad. I mean, they rotated at the they rotated this weekend, didn't they? And they still got a big win. Yeah. Although Wolves looked absolute dog shit. So I'm not sure whether that... Which, which bothers me massively because they're playing Everton soon. 
Right. Don't I can't be doing with these teams just going on the beach now when they've still got mm. Everton to play. It's like, no, you fucking do your job, send them down. The one thing about the goal difference as well with United is that essentially that's one football match that's that's put us on twenty three and yeah. them on ten though, isn't it? So Well but uh, that also plays into what I'm saying though, Stu is like we are clearly better than Man United. But the table doesn't show that because we've just not done our job this season. But we are even, even like in a shit season like this, we still battered them because they're not that good. They're like they're overachieving, I think, and we've underachieved massively. And do you know, by the same token, Dave, as you were saying about Brighton, I thought the same about Spurs today. In fact, said it to the lads sitting there. No, we, did he say it to me? Did I say? I can't, anyway, we were talking about. It. I can't remember who said it to whom, but it'd be an absolute travesty if they finished above us. They are terrible. They've had a Spurs yeah. have had a terrible, terrible season. They've been shit all season, and I don't know yeah, how they are. Where they are, just bizarre. <laughs> going into the game today, they were above us. Yeah, um, it is. It's weird, and, and that's another one that'd be a complete travesty if they finished above us. Um, so yeah, yeah, I take that point. So we think we're going to finish fifth. Is that? Where I, I think so. Is? Yeah, yeah. I think it's too much, isn't it? Newcastle are definitely. I agree with you. Definitely third, and I just don't see the Manx dropping sufficient points. I said the other day when we had five to go. I could see us winning out. I don't, no, I wasn't predicting we win out, but if we were to win out, I still didn't think that would be enough. Um, too many points we need United to drop. We're seven we needed them to, and they've got a game, in hand, got a game in hand, yeah. We need them to wobble more than they have done. Brighton have got a tricky running, haven't they? I've just had a look. They've got United, they've got Arsenal, they've got Newcastle, they've got City. They've got Everton, they've got so Villa. as long as they win that one. Yeah, that might be the only one. So yeah, that that would make me think that they're probably not going to put together five wins or you know four or five wins. Yeah. So they're going to drop points. So I reckon it's probably us. Three home games left, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably us in. It's probably us in fifth. And United really would have to fall apart at this point now, wouldn't they, for us to catch them? Which, I think so. Yeah. I mean, they which can, would be funny. Which would be very funny. Lose two games and and still. Still ends up like a good few points ahead of us. So yeah, seven points in it. We've yeah, got better goals. They're not going to seven points. They're not going to completely implode like that. So we're looking at fifth, really. Which mm. that's you know it's not good, but I don't want to be in that U- um, conference thing. So Europa League, not ideal, but at least it's not that conference. So it, I think it's fifth, sixth, and seventh is Europa League because of the cups. Would that be right? Because the, the places for the cup. Got no idea. The cup finals, mm. like a teams, both cup finals are teams who are in the Champions League spots. So we need yeah. for stuff like this. The, yeah, there's Dan no. Don't know this instantly. There wouldn't be a, a Europa League spot for anyone in the cup, so it goes to the league, which would be fifth, sixth, and seventh, and then yeah. eighth would be the 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 conference. Conference. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Spurs would be better off finishing eighth. Because they might actually win something if if they're in that conference. I'm not taking the piss. I'm not I'm making an actual serious point. If mm. Spurs are in the conference, like look at West Ham. I hope West Ham win that. I, I really hope they win it because it's so long since they've won anything, and that, so the fans haven't seen them win anything. Um, and I don't give a shit about the, who wins the Europa Conference. It's different when it's the Champions League. You don't want anybody else winning it. That's our trophy. But I don't really care about like English clubs winning like the, the, the lesser European things. That'd be great for West Ham fans if they win it. So I'd be pleased for them if they won it. And also, good for Moisey. 
you know, he finally fulfills like the Taft's Tavern prophecy as well. If they were to win that, is he on your boy, Mosey? He's he's not my boy, but like I, I just don't <laughs> I don't have it in my heart to hate him the way I used to. It's like I've just I'm in, indifferent to him now, out of sight, out of mind. I suppose he's he's at West Ham. He's not at Everton. Doesn't really any his antics just don't really bother me anymore. Like there's there's too many other people who who like are on me me hate list. There's no room for Moyes, you know Guardiola and Beheady How. It's like there's no room for for other managers. It's it's them two, and then player wise, obviously Richarlison, Bruno Fernandez. Uh, yeah, the, could be here a long time. Yeah, I know. Could be here a long time. I may, with I may as well. I may as well just stop that there. Names because, of yeah, Premier League. It it would be a long time. Yeah. If um if Villa get in the Europa League, then we're are we all lumping on Villa versus Sevilla for the final with them having in <laughs> Yeah. It's just like it's their it's his tournament. Yeah, it's their darling. tournament. Yeah. So it'll just be like Villa versus Sevilla. They're amazing, aren't they? Sevilla in the competition. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they're something like thirteenth in La Liga. They're having a shit season, and they, they just wiped the floor at United. I'm being serious. Villa, if they're in the Europa League next year, I'd be looking at that and going, they'll probably do well in it because yeah. he'll take it seriously. And haven't they been like the second best team in the league or something since he came in? Yeah, he's crazy, done a good job. Yeah, I just, he, he must be, he must be shit hot on the tactical side of things because his communication's not great. So it's not like he's giving these big tub thumping speeches and getting everyone going. He must be. He must be really good on detail. Yeah, it's not like he's got a great squad either. No. Uh, so we've got Fulham in midweek. What are we expecting? Same team, changes? No, Robbo needs a rest after today, I think. I want Robbo out. Get Costas back in. Um, and Harvey wasn't that impressed with Harvey today. I think Harvey needs... Uh, Harvey definitely needs to do what Kater seems to have done, which is to bulk out a little bit and um you know just 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 get a bit more bulk a little bit more muscle mass um yeah but uh, apart from that don't know will we have Jotter in yeah Maybe Jotter back in I think it might be a bit much Diaz starting twice in in three days I think Jotter yeah so back in Jotter Gakpo Mo Hendo back in for Elliot uh yeah and yeah, okay. maybe gets a game I think Robbo will play as well. I'll take your point, Paul, but I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll leave Robbo out. I think he'll play. Did you say bring Joel back in then, Stu? Uh, maybe, yeah. Just, I mean, Fulham are the most on the beach team in the league, aren't they? At the moment, I've not been watching a lot of them, but it feels like they've they've not got much to play for either way. So now that I've said that, they'll definitely turn up and take points off as well, won't they? But, they weren't bad against um, City. They they put up like they offered some resistance. Yeah. Um, yeah, they beat Leeds last week, but everyone's beating Leeds at the moment. I think you can rotate a little bit and still win the match. You should be able to anyway, yeah. hopefully. Well, it's our field again as well, so, mm. you know, that's, that just, is a factor. Just on Harvey, I just don't think it's going back to what Stu was saying about like the system and so many players don't really suit it. That right-hand side position, like in a, in a, a midfield three where he's played, he's done well there, but in this setup. I don't really like him on the right hand side. I don't think it's a good fit for I him. I don't think Klopp does either, does he? Because no. he's not been picking him. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know why Thiago wasn't on the bench today. Did he say? Is he injured or. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he was in. He was wearing the training kit and he had the, mm. he had the club coat on, so I don't know. I don't know what that was about. It's I don't strange. think it's a good fit for him either. Like, I could see him playing in Fabinho's position, but I couldn't really see him playing in any of the other positions in, in this setup. 
Maybe Klopp thought he wasn't there today. Maybe Klopp thought he wasn't that, available. That was what that double take was. Where the, where, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be in. <laughs> Fucking hell. I thought, I thought you weren't he here said today. You were going to be at home. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, we'll, we'll end with uh, predictions for the Fulham game then. 3 0. Paul? Yeah, we'll definitely win. I don't know whether we've got a clean sheet, though. The way, the way we're defending, I'm going to go 3 1. I think we'll make hard work of it and we'll win 2 1. Why do? Why do you say that? I just, um, I just do. Because of us or because of them or? Because of us. I just think like we flatter to deceive. Uh, I think we're on a good run at the moment, results wise, but I don't think like it's been massively convincing. I don't think we're going to win every game. We should. Looking at it on paper, we should win every game between now well, and We're not a team that does that now, are we? I don't moment. think we will, no. Uh, but I don't think Fulham will be the game where we slip up. It might be Brentford. Uh, yeah, Brentford and Villa, isn't it? The yeah, two it I could think. be one of them. Even though they're at but home. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked if we did have like a big letdown against Fulham. But I think we'll just have enough to just squeeze by them and we'll win 2-1. Leicester might be mad at their place if they if they come with like you know they, if they go attacking against us that could be a mad game. And I've got to be honest, like if we get beaten that game, I'm not going to lose a second sleep. About it. <laughs> Just not. I, I don't think I can actively root for it, but if if we do lose, you're looking to lose the Leicester and Southampton games, yeah. Well, the Southampton one's probably not going to matter now because they've they've just totally fucking blown it. Like they they needed to um they needed to beat Bournemouth in midweek, so that's that's them gone now. Um. But yeah, I would have been I would have been quite happy to throw the Southampton game if it was a case of they would have stayed up at Everton's expense. Definitely mm. would have done. But hopefully Leicester win on Monday night and then maybe it's okay if we beat them. But if we if we beat Leicester and it gets Everton up the bottom three and we've not really got anything to play for, that's gonna I'm not gonna handle that well, I'll be honest. I'm just not. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm living or dying by like these results at the bottom at the moment. I'm completely obsessing over it. It's a midweek one, so Chris can host that, can't he? And you can just you can just cry <laughs> off and get to someone else yeah. on that one if, if we do if, that. If that if that um if that result at Leicester on Monday night doesn't go well, yeah, you, you won't see me on the midweek pod. I'm just gonna be sulking. Chris, you mean doesn't go well? Years. Like we win comfortably? No, no, don't mean our doesn't... game. I mean tomorrow night. So like uh, oh, tomorrow right. night, Everton Leicester. If like. If that doesn't go well, it's going to take me a few days to get over that. So, <laughs> right, let's call it a night anyway. Yeah, let's we'll call end it, on yeah. that note. Uh, nice so, song, boys. yeah, we'll be back after Fulham. Uh, Chris will be hosting that one. I'll be on and one of the other lads, which we'll sort out later. So, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good